Hi, and welcome to C. Myers Live. My name is Sally Myers. I'm a principal at C. Myers Corporation. And I'm Rob Johnson. I'm president and also principal here at C. Myers Corporation. We appreciate your time today. What we want to talk about today is one of the questions that keeps coming up from an ALM perspective over the last few weeks, and that is, should we hold our mortgages or should we sell our mortgages? And of course, there is not an easy answer to that. So we're going to go through some of the things that you need to consider as you're going through this decision. And I think first and foremost is to understand your liquidity position. Do you have the room to hold the mortgages? First and foremost, do that. And then as you're looking at that, what about your ALM position itself? Where are your biggest risks and your strains if the environment were to change? Is it rates going up? Do you have a nice cushion up there where it would be okay for you to portfolio mortgages? Let's be clear. There is interest rate risk in portfolio long-term fixed rate mortgages, without a doubt. Anyone facing this decision, they should be very clear on that and they need to understand their position and their strength on handling it, but also their trade-offs from the earnings perspective on deciding to portfolio mortgages. Why would someone portfolio mortgage right now? Well, if I don't portfolio the mortgage, what kind of yield am I going to get? Look at those investment returns, zero to maybe 1% for a mortgage-backed security. Well, you start portfolioing mortgage-backed securities, you'll also add some interest rate risk, but even lower returns in the mortgages. So it's making a really hard decision. And you can see that in what's happening out there so far in the industry. You know, Sally, we were talking the other day about how so far this year, about 40% of all mortgages produced by the credit union industry were turned around and sold. So they're kind of split on how much are we portfolioing and how much are we going to sell, you know, especially if we're retaining the servicing going forward. It's not a decision that the CFO needs to carry the burden. It is a huge strategic decision because for part of it, you're deciding the timing of when you're going to take revenue. And if you make the mortgages and you sell the mortgages, then you're in essence, you're fast forwarding the revenue, which can help your net worth, can help your current earnings. But over time, then maybe your earnings aren't going to be as strong and people forget that they fast forward the earnings. So if the margins get squeezed over time, the earnings aren't as strong, then the concern is, will people pull back from the strategic investments that they need to make in their business to continue to be relevant and drive their business forward? Yeah, exactly. It can really weigh on their minds, especially if their measures of success each year are what is their bottom line earnings for that calendar year. And there are a lot of ramifications to that. If, if we aren't feeling successful because we're not earning as much in 2021, then maybe the best way to earn more is to pull back on that initiative to improve our business intelligence or that strategy to be great at the member experience and roll out some of that new technology or our investment in our talent and all those things you could go ahead and create more earnings today by not investing in that future but it, what are the costs mm -hmm. yeah and also then to help the non-financial c-suite people with this big decision some of the things that we've been doing for our clients is modeling it out 
And really the modeling and the math on this one is the easier part because we can model out, gosh, if you make the mortgages and you sell them versus if you make the mortgages and you keep them on your books, what's the break-even point of that? With that, what is it that we're seeing from a break-even point as far as communication goes? Yeah, it depends on some of their structures, what kind of rates they're doing in their market, um, the gains on sale that they could get. But normally it's about 18 to 26 months. Somewhere in there, we're seeing a lot coming in at about 24 months. What that means is if rates don't change, if you were to produce the loans, sell them and retain servicing, that your prop, you get more revenue for the first say 23 months cumulatively having sold them versus if you had portfolioed them. Now, if rates stay here for longer than that, then for month 24 and beyond, then you would have more revenue having portfolioed the mortgages because you're getting that that whopping 3% fixed rate for years to come in this 0% environment. So it's coming in about there. Sorry, Rob, to interrupt. Oh, yeah. one of the things that I think I just want to make sure the listeners remember is th- there were a lot of components to that. And one of the components was the gain on the sale. And so we don't want you to walk away and say it's always 18 to 26 months or around 24 months because the gain on the sale can change and oh. you have to watch out for that. Yeah, very, very true. And also, some of the rules on that might change over time. You're hearing a, a lot starting to happen down the line as to what places are willing to pay for some of these lower rate mortgages in this environment. So it is something that you have to keep watching, and there can be some opportunities with it. For example, let's say that you have a strategy where you feel very confident that after this period of time, you know, let's say over the next six months where things really tight on being able to get a lot of consumer loans, that your strategy is going to be kicking back in and you're going to be getting a lot more consumer loans. Then if you're in that situation, the gains that you can get right now, taking those mortgage gains on sale and retaining the servicing and then having those funds available to lend out in other areas while still having enough liquidity, you know, you started off saying, you know, what's your liquidity position to keep churning that portfolio, that can be a really good option for many organizations if they see that they're really designed to have their lending take back off. Yeah. But there are others that don't. Yeah. And so then I think it would be helpful to outline what's the process to follow or what are the filters and the questions that we need to be answering as we're making this big decision. And remember, it's it's a strategic decision. It is a financial decision. The CFOs definitely need to be providing appropriate decision information, but it impacts the strategy. So the C-suite needs to come along with the decision. One of the things, and these are not necessarily in order of priority, gonna hit the liquidity again. We hit it in the beginning, you just hit it. You gotta make sure you have enough liquidity revisit what kind of interest rate risk are you willing to take make sure everybody's aligned in that regard 
whatever you do, a recommendation would be to stress test somewhat if you decide to keep the mortgages on your books, if there's a change in the overall credit risk, because that's still a big unknown out there. And then also, while you can't forecast rates, how long are you planning on rates to be at this level? Because you're certainly- yeah, I want the answer to that question, Sally. Yeah, What's that? I want the answer to that yeah, question. Well, we don't how have long are rates going to be question, here? But if you said, uh, I think they're going to be here for you know, longer than 24 months, I don't know, is it going to be 36, 48, 60 months? Whatever you do, document the thinking that you had at the time for making and selling or for making the, the mortgages and keeping them on your books because memories are short and people are busy. Yeah, I mean, and, and as you think about it, we've already seen the Fed say they expect to keep rates really low for the next couple of years. And they're saying through 2022. And then after that, they're expecting to go back to normal. Of course, no one really knows what normal is anymore. On the other hand, if you look back to the Great Recession, how long were we at low 0% rates? Almost eight years. So there can be some reasons why we would head back up. And there are going to be reasons why rates could be down here for a very long time. No one really knows. And the reality is this time is different. So you can't just look at some other period of time and say, well, here's what should happen. Instead, say, here's what may happen, and here are the trade-offs. And I can tell you from a lot of the ALM reporting, one of the things I know you know that we look at a lot is the profit profiles of different assets and how they perform in different environments. And being able to see for those mortgages, what do rates have to do before you would start to lose money on it or have an unacceptable ROA for that interest rate risk. And that can actually really help you a lot too. All right, I'm putting on these low rates. I know it helps me today, but for most places, they'd still make money on them if rates went up 100 basis points. But where does that start to change? And then what are the alternatives? So having that clarity and making it really easy for all those decision makers that you're talking about to see those trade-offs and go in eyes wide open to here's what we're worried about, here's how we address our worries, but then here's how we're also making sure we're protected on the other side in case what we're thinking about could happen doesn't come true. Are we still gonna be okay and happy with the decision process that we took? Yeah, and the other thing to add to that is if you do make and sell the mortgages, then a consideration is to take that revenue and really think strategically about how you can invest that revenue to continue to move your business forward strategically. And so many institutions are committed to whatever it takes. We need to be serving the membership today. We need to be having and discovering different types and sources of revenue because we have to continue to move our business forward. And an example that started to talk about with some is what if you took some of that, you know, in some cases, extraordinary gains on sales that you could get and you actually said, okay, this X millions of dollars that we got on gains on sale, we're going to allocate that to in 2021, that is 
actually plan to go towards accelerating our strategic initiatives. And we're going to be accelerating that when some others, and we've both seen it a lot, some institutions are really starting to put on the brakes on their strategy. They're letting COVID become such an obstruction to what they were looking to do that they're kind of stalling. And so someone's saying, look, getting good gains right now. I know earnings next year will be tight. Our net worth position is strong. So we can handle that. I'm going to take those millions of dollars and we're going to accelerate our strategy. We're going to come out of this faster and stronger than we came into it because of that decision. And it's okay if that allocation takes us to a lower ROA than we're used to or would normally be comfortable with because we know that cumulative earnings effect that you were talking about. Mm-hmm, right. When we're talking to our clients, it's a lot about that mindset shift. A lot of the things that we're talking about is how do you shift your mindset um, with respect to measures of success even. And then the communication and writing down why you did what you did and then reminding people. And especially as is if you make the mortgages and you sell them and then you start to look at your financial forecast for 21 and 22 and you're like, ugh not loving it, reminding people, here's what we did so that they can be, no one's going to be comfortable per se, maybe with the squeeze in the margin and the lower earnings, but being confident still to move the business forward. Yeah. There's a CEO I was talking with the other day and you know what she was saying is she's like, there's a reason why we built up this strength. We've yeah. had this great ROA over the last many years. And we built our net worth higher than we needed it to be. We didn't need it at that level, but we've been incredibly successful. So we can either view this environment right now as do we need to continue to build our net worth in this environment or do we deploy it for the benefit of our members, for the benefit of our employees to have a better strategy? She's talking with her board about it and they are so receptive to it because they see that path. They have that clarity of what they're trying to do over the long run. And it's not about one month or one year's performance. It's about how you perform over the long run, what you're performing to. Right. And it's interesting. I work with several clients that's the same mindset, but then there are some where they have a lot of net worth and the goal is to hang on to it, which you don't want to give it away freely by any stretch of the imagination. However, if you think about the multiple external forces that financial institutions are dealing with today, this is definitely a rainy day. But those multiple external forces, if you don't have it and you don't use it for today, then why is it there? Again, this whole conversation started about the question of should we hold mortgages? Should we sell mortgages? Of course, we're going to give the answer of it depends, which is not a good answer. However, that doesn't mean you can't answer that question. And just to wrap up, do the math, help people understand the break-even point and understand that the break-even point can change as we've been talking about, depending on the types of gains you can get. Go through the decision filters and the assumptions and make sure CFOs, make sure the rest of the C-suite comes along in that. Because as the world changes, you want to make sure everybody was on the same page for the decisions that you made. And while you go through that process today, continue to go through that process, continue to remind people. And I'll just say if you make and sell and people get disappointed in the forecasted earnings for 21 and 22, 
Come back and remind the cumulative financial effect of what you did. It's a different way of thinking versus what's my ROA for this year and what's my net worth for this year. But it's not easy. The math in this case and running the risk, as we said, is the easier part. The implications to strategy and the mindset are the harder part. So if you have any additional questions, please feel free to give us a call. We'd love to have conversations like this with the industry. Thanks for your time. Yeah, appreciate it.